According to the Bushmen's belief, all things originated from the darkness. Initially, there was the night, and only afterward did the morning emerge. This is Bushman Myths and Legends, and you are listening to The Law Network. Part 2. Night and Darkness and Their Three Daughters In an era long past, the world existed in a perpetual twilight, akin to the hue of a rainy, overcast afternoon. A chill hung in the air, as neither sun, moon, nor stars had yet been born into the universe. Deep within the heart of this ancient realm, in a cavern vast and echoing, lived the ancient figure known as Old Man Night. His hair was the black of the void, and his eyes, deep pools of ink. By his side, his loving old wife, Darkness. Their home was always alive with whispers and the joy of children, for with them resided their three enigmatic daughters, each as beautiful and captivating as the dusk. In the heart of the vast cavern, as the daughters blossomed into womanhood, Mistress Darkness decided to bestow a unique gift on each of her daughters. For her eldest, a daughter with eyes that shimmered like twilight, she sought out the delicate shells of ancient tortoises, now hollowed and worn. Carefully, she punctured a small hole at one end of every shell. From the furthest dunes, she gathered tiny pebbles, each no larger than a mustard seed, and poured them into the shells. When shaken, they whispered secrets of the earth in a soft, swishing melody. Using a soft strip of leather, crafted from the special hide of a baboon, Mistress Darkness threaded the shells, creating a necklace of unparalleled beauty. As the necklace settled onto the eldest's collarbone, it felt like a part of her, and a hush descended upon the cave. My dearest, Darkness whispered, her voice carrying the weight of eons, never remove this token of my love. For if you do, the bounty of your realm will wither, and the food which is now abundant shall elude you. In a quieter corner of the vast cavern, Darkness turned her attention to her second daughter, a maiden with a grace like the fleeting moments between day and night. She selected the finest calabashes, fruits renowned for their ability to cradle the mysteries of the world once dried and hollowed. With practiced hands, she performed this very art and filled each with the seeds of wild berries that glowed faintly in the dusky light. From the heartwood of the ancient dreaming tree, she delicately teased out its soft inner bark and spun it into a gossamer string. One by one, she threaded the prepared calabashes onto this string, creating a necklace that seemed to hum with the songs of the earth. Gently placing it around her second daughter's slender neck, darkness gazed deep into her child's eyes. This necklace, she intoned, her voice echoing with the gravity of her words, is a part of our legacy. Never remove it, for if its bond with you is broken, the very essence of life in your lands will dwindle. The abundance of foraging will disappear, and hunger shall cast its shadow. Finally, darkness, with a special twinkle in her eye, turned to her youngest, a girl with a spirit as vivacious and unpredictable as a spring morning. From the nimble springbucks that danced upon the edges of their world, she harvested the peculiar inner ears, drying and fashioning them into dainty pouches. Springbucks were wondrous creatures with a unique secret. Within their eyes rested hard, gleaming beads that held the essence of their untamed spirit. With a tenderness only a mother knows, 
Darkness filled each pouch with these enigmatic beads. When jostled, they sang the wild melodies of the open plains. Taking the robust tendons of the same springbucks, she artfully braided a string, both durable and delicate. She threaded each bead-filled pouch onto it, creating a necklace that danced with the untamed beauty of its origin. With the same reverence she had shown her older daughters, darkness draped the necklace around her youngest neck, its song melding with the very beat of her heart. Remember, she whispered, this carries the wild heart of the world. Do not ever remove it, lest the plentiful bounty of your domain diminish and hunger fall upon your path. Under the vast canopy of the never-ending twilight, Father Night and Mother Darkness beckoned their three ethereal daughters forth. With a grandeur that echoed through the ages, they introduced them to the world. And for the first time, the three mysterious maidens stood side by side, their enchanted necklaces catching the faintest glimmers of light. Emerging from the shadows, the daughters began to dance, a mesmerizing ballet of synchronized grace and fervor. The rhythmic tempo of their necklaces played the melody of the cosmos, perfectly in tune with their twirling forms and the ground that echoed under their powerful footfalls. Words spread like wildfire through the mystical realms, and creatures of all kinds journeyed from the furthest corners to witness this spectacle. Mortal and immortal, beings of every shape and shade gazed in wonder at the daughter's dance. Young men, too, came in droves, their eyes shining with awe and desire. But there was an aura of caution, a whispered rumour that likened these daughters to enchantresses of the night, and so the young men kept their distance. Yet, the three daughters, bathed in the pride of their parents and the music of their gifts, remained indifferent to the whispers and the world's perceptions. For they were secure in their own skins, content in their dance, and united in their shared destiny. Perched upon a verdant bush, the grand praying mantis, revered by many for his wisdom and age, cast his keen gaze upon the daughter's spectacle. Days turned to nights, and nights back into days, yet his fascination with their dance remained unwavering. One day, driven by a mixture of insatiable curiosity and an elder's wisdom, he invoked the ancient magics known only to his kind. With a shimmer and a ripple in the air, the once slender praying mantis transformed into a magnificent antelope, its sinewy form majestic against the twilight backdrop. The antelope, blessed with large, perceptive ears and eyes sharp as crystal shards, inched closer to the mesmerizing scene. As he drew nearer, a deep melancholy swelled within him. He sensed the bittersweet reality of the daughter's existence. While they danced with joy and passion, they were denied the simple joys of companionship and love, for the world's young men dared not approach them, fearing the whispered tales of their supposed sorcery. Within the antelope's heart, the clever praying mantis began to weave together the threads of an intricate plan. He hoped to bridge the divide, to blend the worlds of magic and mortals, and perhaps grant these daughters a chance at a happiness they had never known. In the midst of the dance's rapture, Father Knight's perceptive eyes settled on the large, impressive antelope that seemed entranced by the spectacle. He saw not the sagely praying mantis within, but a bounty that would sustain his family for moons to come. He whispered to his beloved darkness, 
and the two, like the shadows they embodied, melted away, unseen and silent. Armed with his trusty bow and a quiver of arrows, Father Knight used the skills of a lifetime to stalk his prey. Darkness, ever his faithful companion, was by his side, her presence magnifying the quiet of the night. As night drew closer, the antelope remained deceptively serene. Feeling the cool tension of the bowstring against his skin, Knight released the first arrow. The elegant arc it made seemed destined to strike true, yet miraculously it missed its mark. Confusion marred Knight's usually unflappable demeanour. Again and again he released arrows, and each time the antelope would nimbly sidestep or trot just far enough to evade the lethal strike. One would expect Knight, with eons of wisdom, to discern something amiss, to see the magic shielding the creature. Yet his vision was blurred by the promise of plentiful feasts, and he persisted. The antelope, with the wisdom of the praying mantis pulsating through its being, continued to lead night and darkness further away from their home, the warmth of their fire, and the dance that had been the centre of all attraction. Then, in an act of unparalleled sacrifice and grace, the antelope allowed one of night's arrows to pierce its flank. With a mournful cry that seemed to echo the sorrow of the ages, the antelope staggered and fell. To night and darkness, it appeared life had departed from the magnificent creature. But within, the heart of the praying mantis still beat, bearing witness to the grand tapestry of life, sacrifice, and the magic that binds them. The echo of darkness's call summoned the daughters from their enchanting dance, drawing them toward the sight of their father's triumph. There, against the backdrop of the perpetual twilight, lay the grand antelope, its spirit seemingly departed. The mood was a blend of reverence and gratitude, a delicate dance of life and death played out in the heart of the wilderness. One by one, they expressed their gratitude, laying gentle hands on the fallen creature, murmuring words of respect and thanking it for the sustenance it would provide. Under the practised hands of night and darkness, the antelope was soon divided, each member taking their share of the bounty. Their path home was illuminated by the dim glow of the twilight, casting long, wavering shadows upon the ground. As the youngest daughter treaded the familiar path, the weight of the antelope's head upon her shoulders, she felt a sudden chill, distinct and out of place in the otherwise even atmosphere. Then it came, a whisper so faint it was like the rustling of dried leaves or the softest sigh of the wind. Girl! She halted, her heart quickening. Straining her ears, she tried to locate the source, wondering if it was but a trick of the wind, or perhaps something more profound, a message from the realm of magic and mystery. The youngest daughter took a deep breath, trying to rationalise what she had just heard. Maybe she was just tired, she reasoned, or perhaps the weight and gravity of the day's events had taken a toll on her senses. Yet, when the whisper came again, clear as the starless sky above her, there was no denying it. The antelope's head she carried upon her shoulders had indeed spoken. Her heart raced, and she felt the cold fingers of unease clutch at her. Battling her rising panic and the instinctual urge to discard the head and flee, she mustered up courage and called out, her voice quivering ever so slightly. Mother, the head, I think it spoke. From a little distance ahead, darkness glanced back, 
her eyes meeting her daughter's wide, frightened ones. With a weary sigh, she responded, Oh child, your imagination runs wild. It's but a trick of the wind or the fatigue playing on your senses. But mother, the daughter began, the weight of the head feeling heavier than before. Darkness, ever the pillar of strength and calm, beckoned her youngest closer, her voice firm, yet not unkind. Come now, we have a distance yet to cover. Keep up. Biting her lip, the youngest daughter continued on, the whispered words lingering in her ears, making her question the boundaries between the known and the unknown, between the tangible world and the realm of enchantment that always seemed just out of reach. She did, however, take the head by the horns and studied it carefully, a prolonged examination of the antelope's eyes in the dim twilight of the world. You better behave, she thought sternly. Her breath hitched when the eyes blinked, each lash's flutter seemingly mocking her sanity. She could feel the terror boil up from her belly, and just as she was about to scream in horror, the head gently told her to hush and not to scream. She didn't scream, but her eyes were now as big as her palms. The head then jokingly told her that he had a terrible pain in his neck, and asked her what she thought the cause might be. Then he chuckled at his own joke, and proposed jokingly, that it was perhaps because of the fact that his body was no longer there. Frozen by fear, she felt the world around her blur. While its attempt at humour about the missing body did strike a note of absurdity, it was the head's surreal resurrection that overwhelmed her senses. Her shout of disbelief became the catalyst, unravelling the illusion that had ensnared the family. Everyone stopped and looked at her. It was then they felt the quarters they were carrying on their heads twitch, like one person, all five threw the parts onto the bushes and ran a short distance away. Suddenly, one hindquarter got up and, like someone who had stubbed a toe on a rock, hopped towards the other on one leg, reuniting once more. The front quarters did the same, and then the two reunited halves walked around in circles a few times, like blindfolded children feeling their way in the dark, looking for each other, before finally bumping into one another and reunited. The head hopped onto the neck, and after readjusting itself, Kalmi asked the stunned family if all this was really necessary. With that, he promptly turned back into a praying mantis and flew off into the darkness, laughing loudly. The old man sat down, his hand holding his forehead in astonishment. They all looked at one another for a moment and then burst out laughing as they realised how ridiculous the situation was and that the mantis had played a trick on them. From then on, Knight always remembered the prank and only hunted antelope when it was absolutely necessary. Night, darkness and the praying mantis became good friends after that. It was a bond that wove destinies together, solidified further, when the mantis, in a gesture of unity and alliance, transformed three of his sons into mortals. These young men, with the intelligence of the mantis and the determination of mortals, found love in the daughters of night and darkness. With the marriage of the heavens and the earth, a new era began. Straw huts dotted the landscape, becoming the cradle of a new civilization. The power of the necklaces ensured bounty and prosperity. The land was abundant, drawing in wanderers, explorers and seekers. Many other bushmen came to join them there in that place of abundance, and so the great tribe of mankind was established. 
Next time, we'll encounter the tale of Ko the Sleeping Mountain. This is Bushman Myths and Legends, and you are listening to The Law Network.